Hey guys, welcome back to the Catch Up Time podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and if you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you've listened before, I'm so glad you found your way back here today. My hope is that you find this conversation uplifting and it puts a pep in your step as you go about your day. On this show, we'll shine the spotlight on real people just like you and me. You'll get to listen in on real conversations amongst friends as we explore an array of topics and take the discussion in any direction we choose. Along the way, we'll uncover truths and life lessons that we can all relate to and apply in our own lives. Knowing that we're not alone is incredibly powerful, and hearing how others have pivoted and adapted is inspirational. Join me each week as we discover new possibilities to grow, to be better, to be more productive, and to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Check out my Instagram and follow me at ketchup underscore time, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) And be sure to hit subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast where you'll find some brightness and positivity to light up your day. All right, let's get started. All right, you guys, go get yourself a drink. This was a fun one. A few nights ago, I had the pleasure of reconnecting with an old friend from my middle and high school days. Meet Rachel Ash. This was just the type of candid conversation I needed, and thanks to Zoom, it was basically like we were in the same room having a cocktail together. She has had quite the year. Right before the whole world shut down back in January of 2020, she got divorced from her high school sweetheart. We hear her unfiltered experiences as she re-enters the dating world during a pandemic. She has spent this year taking up new hobbies, trying new things, and focusing on her own self-improvement. In an effort to do just that, she decided to take a break from Instagram for 90 days. To her, it was exactly the refresh she needed, filtering out all the noise, realigning her goals, and making plans to manifest her dreams. Pretty inspiring stuff. As background, Rachel has enjoyed a very successful design career with some of her products featured in stores like Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's. In 2017, she launched her own brand on Etsy called Utopias, where you can find everything from stationery and mugs to original works of art for your walls. What impresses me, though, about Rachel is that she is unapologetically herself. She is original and witty, down-to-earth, and really goes with the flow. Her Instagram was recently reactivated, and you can find Rachel at LoveRachelAsh. She's also coming out with a blog in the coming months called Dating and Other Fucked Up Stories. This should be good. (laughs) All right, let's get to it then, shall we? I hope you enjoy this uncensored chat with my friend, Rachel Ash. I'm just like thrilled to talk to you. I feel like it's been like a really long time and I'm so glad you reached out on Facebook. Like if anything, it's a tool to connect us. And I'm so thankful that whatever I posted or whatever you posted, I'm glad that like the universe brought us back together because I always enjoyed your company. It's been a minute though. We've definitely, uh, it's been a while since we've spoken. It's been at least, at least 15 years. That's what I was thinking. Maybe not. Well, because you went to UF, right? Yeah, no, uh, I went to UF, but I was, I don't know, like I was in band. I was in marching band at UF for two years, Mm -hmm. and I was in a relationship with, I don't think you ever met Brian. Brian was in drama also. He went to high school, though, with Wes, didn't he? Yeah, he went to school at Piper. He graduated a year before us. He was a year older, okay. I think I remember yeah. him, but I don't think I was ever like friends with him or anything. But you but you met him in drama. That's where you guys met? In high school, and then we just kind of kept it going from there. That's crazy, man. And you guys yeah. got married and had a kid. 
Yeah, we were together um, at least 10 years and then we're like, yeah, I guess, I guess let's get married. <laughs> um, right, that's what you do. Yeah, so we were like 26, we got married because um, we were already established in our jobs. So what's, what's mm-hmm. the next step? You get married, you have, you okay, you get married, you get the house, you have the kid, the whole thing. I, had, I did all yeah. I did all that before age 29, so. I mean, how old's your son now? He, he's gonna be four uh, the end of February, yeah. Gosh, what's it like to have a four-year-old? I have a two, oh, well, he just turned two and I'm just like, oh my God. I texted you like earlier today. I apologize for the late um, sending you the link. Um, I was late sending you the link, but I get it. it. It's mommy life. Like that's how it is. (laughs) Oh my God, girl. Let me tell you what, let me just like raise a glass right here. (laughs) Wait, 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 hold on. What are you drinking first? I was going to say, let's, let's, uh, dish. So I have, I'm almost done with it. My husband's making another one, but this is a Manhattan. So I like it up and it just has a little cherry in it. But you gotta get the good cherries. This is the uh, maraschino cherry. Oh, I have the the bada bing cherries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I also have the other ones. I have the the red ones. Like whenever I have cocktails that I want the red ones. But these I do the the bada bing. Those are special. Are Mm -hmm. these like infused with something? Like are they aged longer? Like what makes them different than the regular maraschino cherries? Not maraschino. I'm sorry. These are amarino yeah, cherries. Yeah, that's, that's that's what, what they I mean. are. I, I wasn't yes. sure if they were maraschino or if they were a different type of cherry, but they are a different kind. They are a different kind. These are uh, the ones we buy are, I think the brand is called Salcito. It's just what they sell at like yeah. Total Wine. But it's, um, they're just like a little bit more like tart and sweet and like full. They're, yes. I don't know, those maraschino cherries. Cause you, I've gotten the ones that like, you know, you have on like an ice cream bar that are just bright candy red that just seem and look so artificial they look flavored. they look cheap and they look so cheap and if you're having a nice yeah. glass of whiskey who wants to yes. have like a, an ugly cherry in their whiskey not me exactly exactly so these i think we add a little bit of the juice so it's just um two parts um whiskey and we get like woodford just uh, in the big bottle um and then some dark uh, red vermouth. It's uh, Dolan okay. Rouge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then just that and like a little bit of bitters and then a little uh, orange peel expressed over top. But it looks like that's what, are you look, Are you drinking in like an old fashioned type of situation or did you end up going yes. with the, you didn't make the um, absinthe? I, oh no, I made it. I made it, <laughs> but I was not having that tonight. My body's like, nope, you've had enough, enough absinthe the past you know, two days that you made it, I was like, my body's like, no more. Is it seriously that like, uh, what's the word? It makes you more creative and like- Yeah, it makes you more in tuned. I I guess, um, I I think I'm naturally intuitive um, or perceptive of certain situations and people. It, It just made me even more in tune with that, if it makes sense, like very, I'm a very creative person. I'm a Pisces, mm. um, and it just made me even more thoughtful. Like I was just thinking of things like I would never think about. Isn't that wonderful? But it opened up like something in your mind. I mean, yeah, that's without being on drug. I mean, it is like you know, alcohol is a, a drug. But usually, I find with alcohol, it's like a downer. That that seemed like something different. Like it accelerates and opens your mind a little bit. You know, and like in my research, I brought the book with me just so I could show you. You should look and see if you can find this, but it's called The Drunken Botanist. 
So this book I got, so I told you- Let me write it down. Oh my gosh, yes. This was a really interesting book. It's all about the plants that um, make like liqueurs and cordials and spirits. Um, can you see it? Sorry. Drunken. I'm I'm texting it right now. Like I'm putting it in my notes, my Apple notes. Oh, most perfect. And you know, for everyone listening, I'll go ahead and uh, link this in the show notes. But this book has been really um, very, very insightful. And it talks about the different like, you know, different barks, if you will, like tree bark that goes into making uh, tonic water, for example, like quinine, quin- I don't know how to say the word, but something with a Q-U and a N-I-N-E at the end. But like, it talks about all the different like things, plant material that go into creating spirits as we know it, all the botanicals that go into gin and whatnot. But anyway, when I was reading about the, about absinthe, they said that the spirit was just super, super high proof. And so it didn't actually have those like, I don't know, hallucinogenic effects that we attribute to it, but because it was so high proof that people thought they were like, you know, going, you know, they were kind of like going crazy. What are you drinking? I I didn't even get to hear what you're So, okay. It's an old fashioned, but I recently have been frequenting um, a few speakeasies in Fort Lauderdale here. Um, I'm going to do a shout out. That's fine. Um, Do it. Apothecary 330 that's in um, Hemershi area. There's a place called Pizza Craft and you walk into Pizza Craft, it just looks like a regular pizza place. And in the back, you, you make a right, like you walk straight in and you make a right and it's a whole like speakeasy. You, you wouldn't even know it was there. Um, That's awesome. Like That's people awesome. walk in there by accident all the time thinking that it's the bathroom and it's not oh the bathroom. <laughs> so. The bartenders are really great. There's this one bartender. I don't know if he's new or not, um, but he worked. He used to work at this pretty great bar down in Miami. I've never been to it, but I only heard about it. It's called the Broken Shaker. Yeah, you were saying that. So they're, tell me about that place. They're they're pretty well known as far as I know. I don't know. At this point, I was two drinks in when he was telling me about it, but I did look them up and it's legit. Like they were legit. All the mixologists that were working at the Broken Shaker, they went on to do like really big things. That's Um, awesome. Like open their own bars and you know. So this guy, he worked there and he was just like, we were having such a great time. Um, He was letting us try the, some of the, the bourbon and, um, like the liqueurs, like really eclectic things. Like he, he let us try something and I was like, whoa, what is that? Uh, it'll <laughs> come to me. It was like a really strange word, but I really like the word. I just don't remember. No, so, it's, it's, I love when bartenders like take you into their world. Like they, especially yeah. for somebody who like you, who's like super interested in learning more, like they are teachers and they're on stage behind a bar, like ready to teach and ready to show off what they know all these bartenders that I used to work with are so talented and it's like they're essentially chefs just in a different way. All of them have different, you know, culinary attributes and things they bring to the table. It's just in a different form other than food. It's using spirits and liqueurs and cordials and juices and syrups and bitters to make a cocktail. In any case, so the drink you're drinking, what do you, you you make? Okay, so I, yeah, so when I was at the speakeasy, um, they make their old fashions a particular way. So typically an old fashioned, you you know, it has bourbon or rye. Uh, bourbon tends to be a little bit sweeter. 
Uh, and you have, you could either use sugar cubes or you use simple syrup. Uh, for the one that I'm drinking right now, I use simple syrup. I just, I don't want it to be grainy at all. I, like it won't be if I make it right, but I don't want any chance. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I just use a simple syrup. Yep. And um, I use, uh, lately I've been drinking Buffalo Trace. It's not that expensive, but it's, I don't know what's going on, but it's really hard to find right now. What book are you going through? Um, it's the Savoy cocktail book. It's, I'm pretty sure it was written during the prohibition time. That's probably why there's so much focus on absinthe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> absinthe is not a I, like spirit that you would find behind many bars these days. It's just not. And I know it's available. It's just just the speakeasies. You'd find them in the speakeasies, I, basically. But I was telling, or maybe I wasn't telling you. I think I did. Like the the cocktail we had with absinthe was just simply a rinse. It wasn't like the main spirit. And you're saying that this was like a half. Well, how much uh, absinthe? It was a half ounce absinthe, and then diluted with water. So the one I made today, um, yeah, that was a different one. The one I made today was slightly different. It had gin in it, um, but okay, so this is the proportions. For absinthe, it was two-thirds absinthe, and then it was one-sixth gin, one-sixth syrup of anisette, I think is how you say it. <laughs> Uh, I was looking it up and good thing I, I almost got the wrong thing. I, these are syrups that they don't make anymore. No. Um, and I put it together that it's, um, this is what I did. I don't know if I did it correctly, but I think I did. I took a simple syrup and I, I put um, a few dashes of um, anise, syrup, uh, anise extract in it and I uh -huh. stirred it together to get kind of what that would have been if they still bottled it. Uh-huh. I, I think that's what it was. It's like an, an anise syrup. But the measurements, I think, are confusing me. I don't know what a sixth ounce, a sixth ounce, is that what the measurement was? It just says a sixth. I'm assuming it's just of whatever your mix, like whatever your proportions are. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, because it, it, that's, I, I mean, when I made the first cocktail out of that drink, I'm like, is it an ounce? What is it? Yeah. But no, it's like just a sixth of what you're making. So if you're, if you're basing it on like, if you're doing like two ounces, you just do a sixth of the two ounces. Okay, hold on. Let's yeah. like start over. We gotta get you a like a cocktail book. Wait, before I forget, before I forget. Oh, tell me, tell me. So, okay, this bartender from um, the Broken the broken Shaker, mm -hmm. he let us try this drink I've never had before, like a, like a shot from this liqueur or liquor. I don't know exactly what it is, but chartreuse. Have you had chartreuse? Oh, yes. That, There's yellow. Oh. Whoa. And there's green chartreuse, but I think yellow is like the baby brother of the green chartreuse. I was What'd like on think? another, I was like on another level. I'm like, what is this? Oh my goodness. That's and, awesome. And then the guy next to me, he's like the, I don't know, he was by himself. Um, he must be in his 50s or 60s. And he had just come in, I guess he came in for work. Like he had come into Fort Lauderdale for work. So he found this bar and he... You know, he's like, oh, yes, I get chartreuse put into all of my whiskeys. I swear by it. Like, I've been doing this for years. I'm like, okay, look at yeah, you. You know what you're doing. I was going to say, listen, I guess some people are attuned to it. I just am not. We we made a few drinks with it, but I don't feel like green chartreuse was something I, like, use behind the bar quite often. I think there was a drink called The Last Kiss, if I'm mistaken, that was with gin, green chartreuse, like lemon or lime juice 
and like maybe simple syrup, but it was essentially like a sour, but with some green chartreuse added to it. I, in my mind, I remember being very grassy. Did you enjoy that? Like, was it very uh, herbaceous? Okay, yeah, it did have like a very um, herbal taste to it, but I, what, what I got from it was just like a, ah, moment. Like, it's like, whoa, my palate has- You really enjoy this. I, I don't know if I like enjoyed it. It's just like my, my palate just kind of was like, whoa, what is that? You've never had it before. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's like, but I don't want to like drink a whole glass of it. No, it was just kind of like, right. you know, when you, when you go to a restaurant and you have an amuse-bouche mm -hmm. before your, your courses are going to come out, it was kind of like it, it was prepping my palate for something even greater. Awesome. Yeah, man. And like, yeah. that's the thing with a beautiful cocktail, like the ones that you're getting at these really nice speakeasies, these really nice cocktail bars, like they're layers of flavor. And that's what it is. It's, you know, a little bit, it's just like a chef would be adding like a little bit of vinegar, oh, yeah. a little bit of acid. We would call bitters, honestly, the salt and pepper of a cocktail. It kind of gives it its backbone. Yeah. That's how I look at it, like bitters. It kind of gives it structure. Um, yeah. But all these different liqueurs and cordials, like, I mean, you go through Total Wine, you can spend a day in there, just like all the different things you can buy. It's insane. And a fortune, and a fortune. I think for, oh for even for grenadine, it's like six or seven dollars. Yeah. It's a really fun hobby you've picked up. <laughs> I mean, it's not for nothing. Like, there's a lot to learn. So all the power. I mean, originally I wanted to take a course and I was... I don't know, was it back in April or May? I was talking to this one company. They, they do uh, the bartending courses and classes for major bars in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, like you go to this school and they teach you how to be a bartender. And I, I was going purely out of um, just interest. Like I, I don't necessarily want to be a bartender. I just wanted to know about how to mix and the proper way to do it. But almost for craft cocktails, I think they might have been more of just like, you know how you go to a bar and they're just like, shh, shh. Mm -mm. I, wanted a, I wanted like a craft cocktail course. Uh, and I haven't really found any classes that do that. So it kind of pushed me into gravitating towards just doing it on my own, maybe go on YouTube, um, just get all the, the materials that I need. And I just start, start doing it myself. And then um, mm -hmm. I put it on my Amazon list. I'm like, I really want the Savoy cocktail book. I found it at like one of the, one of these guys I was dating. Um, I, saw, <laughs> I saw it at his place and I was really curious, I'm like, oh, cool. And I asked him, have you made any of these cocktails? He's like, no. I'm like, why do you have this book then? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Um, and so I thought, hey, I, I mean, I'm not seeing that guy anymore. That was like a hot second, but um, <laughs> I did. That was my takeaway. It was like, you know, let me, let me try to do this. I really want to learn how to make cocktails. Yeah. I'm really into it. I've always been into baking and, and making things. I'm very artistic. I like, I don't know. It just I get fulfillment out of it. I was a, a barista, which is basically like the sober version of a, of a bartender, right? Like, a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I did that for a little while at coffee shops. I really enjoy making drinks. Oh, let me, before I forget, let's get the recipe for this drink. So okay, I, I okay. kind of ripped it off, I would say, from Apothecary. Sorry, guys, but I added my own little twist. It's okay. What they do that's different than other bars in their old-fashioned, so typically an old-fashioned will have like two ounces of, of bourbon or rye. Uh, and fun fact, you never shake an old-fashioned you stir you. it and I, you stir I, it you stir it otherwise you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna fuck it up uh yeah so, you don't want to aerate it and you don't want to dilute it so much that would be yeah 
Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I see like the maraschino cherries coming out and the uh, shaker tin, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's not the old fashioned. Just give me a beer. Shaker? Shaker? Who does that? Well, I, I guess if you go to a club, they don't know what they're doing. Okay. So basically, in, in an old fashioned, so you have the two ounces of bourbon or rye depending on what you prefer some people like it sweeter uh i sometimes i prefer the rye but i'm on i'm on a bourbon high right now with um buffalo (laughs) with buffalo with buffalo trace i really like that one so i've been doing that this video Uh, is not sponsored by buffalo trace just for it was not but you should you should still sponsor me hey listen if you want to listen i'm all about sponsorships i'm about it yes yes All right, Um, go on. Tell me more. (laughs) All right. And then you stir it in a, like a glass full of ice and you have your Mm -hmm. simple syrup in it, um, or your sugar cubes, um, your bitters, two dashes or three, depending on what you prefer. If you like a lot of bitters, maybe three. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, what they, what the guy told me, the bartender told me is always start with your cheap stuff first, because if you fuck up you can just remake it so you know he was good advice starting with the ice and the bitters and the sugar and then you add your good whiskey because if you have a whiskey that's like seventy dollars seventy dollars a shot like you don't want to you don't want to waste that up you're gonna get in trouble so um you mix it up you make sure your glass use it use a nice little like old-fashioned glass um that's a nice glass where'd you get that so it's a it's a waterford crystal glass that's awesome. Um, really Those nice. are beautiful glasses. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you freeze. You put this in the freezer as you're making the drink, and it, you know you want your glass to be somewhat frozen. And the ice is really important. Get like make the ice in advance. Just think about it. Hey, I'm gonna have an old fashioned tonight. So make make the cubes of ice or the spears of ice. It just really adds a special touch to your drink. So you you, you pour the, um, the alcohol into the glass, your frozen glass, and you peel an orange, and then you squeeze the oils into the drink and then on the outside of the rim of the glass. That's like really important, you like rub it on there. The twist at this place is lemon, a little, little piece of lemon. So you have this like larger piece of orange, orange and then yeah. this little piece of lemon. And you also awesome. do an oil, you, you squeeze the oil and put it around it. It's incredible how much essence yeah. comes out of it just does. the orange peel or the lemon peel. Yeah. We usually do orange peel, but I'll have to try it with try the lemon. Try it with a That's little bit of lemon. So what has life been like for you like lately? I mean, you're in Fort Lauderdale and you're going to get your, or you have gotten your real estate license, right? Yes, I got my real estate license last month in December. Nice. Um, the market is just insane. There's there's a lot of people coming down from uh, New York City and up north in general, coming down here because they can work anywhere. If you can work remotely anywhere, why would you pay a million dollars to live in essentially a box in New York when you can come down here for a million dollars, your money's going to go far. You're going to get a really nice property and a boat. Like, why wouldn't you? You get the this huge house, great weather. Yeah. If you have yeah. to go fly to New York for a meeting with your company, okay, let me fly so once a month. I don't care. I'm going to live in a mansion on the intercoastal with a yacht. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Why not? So a lot of people are coming down here, which has actually made um, the inventory very low. So once something comes on the market, 
it sells within a few days. Even in the, it's even a renter's market um, because a property will come on um, for rent and they'll get at least three offers. And anything comes on that's halfway decent, it gets scooped up immediately. So renting and um, buying is just super hot right now. I, I would say if you're an investor, this is the time to, to maybe invest in something and, and you know, rent it out, especially if it's near the beach. Is that right? Yeah. You're seeing a lot of stuff the, by the beach. Oh yeah, a lot of people are still renting by the beach. Some places are furnished, some are unfurnished. Uh, you pr probably can get a better deal in Fort Lauderdale uh, than you can in Miami. You know, Miami's a more international city, but I would say property-wise, you probably get a better deal in Fort Lauderdale. What is that like for you? I mean, you were a designer beforehand. I mean, you still are. You have your own company. Yeah. Uh, no, I have. Um, okay, so I have a Etsy site. It's called Utopias, um, and that's how I started my business. I'm just. Um, starting small with designs that you can have in your house. I also do custom designs, so it started with Utopias and I also do custom design work. But I've been working in design for over 10 years, almost 11 years now. I went to the University of Florida, graduated from the fine arts program there. And um, I, yeah, I just, design has always been a part of my life. And with COVID, there's just been like a huge impact in the market. Uh, it's very unstable. So I saw real estate, I saw an opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm also a business person. So I saw an opportunity. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Let me get into real estate. Let me see if I like it. And so far I've really enjoyed it. I really like it. I'm learning a lot. Um, I just passed my post license course, so I'm really in it now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you can actually start taking on clients now and selling houses. Oh, oh yeah. As of last month, I could start selling um, to people. And I, I've done a, a few showings and I, I recently rented a property out to somebody. So it's it's going. You start with Listen, like your awesome. sphere of influ influence, like the people you know, you start with them first because there's, there's always somebody that wants to buy real estate. Even let's say like somebody I know is in Atlanta, Georgia. If he wants to buy some property in Atlanta, I know people up there, I can refer him. So it's still business, you know, even if it's not in the state of Florida, I can always refer somebody. Well, and that's just it. I mean, not for nothing, you and I connected on social media. Like I love, I feel as of late that social media has become social again, and it's about connecting people. And that's what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is connecting people. I mean, there's so many people, like you said, looking for homes and whether or not you're looking here in Atlanta, you probably know somebody. Yeah. I know somebody in Oklahoma who can sell you a house. You happen to be moving to Tulsa. I got you. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's, it's all about who, you know, and that like, web of you know like you said that that like a sphere of influence circle. yeah the circle you start there and then you know you start kind of branching off but it'll grow over time i mean think about it i we just spoke about it fort lauderdale is like open there's places like rhythm and vine like these like little bars you can go to i you don't have to necessarily even wear a mask at some of these places. You go, you wear the mask, you sit down, and then a lot of people, I personally feel more comfortable wearing a mask, whatever. But You do people, or you don't? Wait, sorry, I, you I do, up. I do. Like, I, I'll, um, I feel You prefer to. I prefer to wear the mask, at least to sit down, and if I'm away from people, I won't wear it. If I'm just, like, really, you know, 
away from the crowd, but there's so many people that are still going to a lot of the places in downtown Fort Lauderdale, not wearing a mask. I even, I really probably shouldn't even say this, but a lot of people, um, the bartenders I saw a few times where they just had to have the mask down and I'm just like, what's going on here? That makes me feel so uncomfortable, man. It's just like, yeah. and that's why, honestly, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't really, you asked like, you know, our bars here open. I just know what I hear. I don't know, really. I mean, from what I gather, it seems like things have really opened up here, but yeah. it's not from me knowing firsthand. It's because that's just what I'm hearing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do feel, um, I do feel like especially our generation and younger are not taking it as seriously, which is like a shame because if it was the other way around, like our parents, they would do anything to like keep us safe and they would be like, you know, wearing yeah. masks here, there and everywhere. And the younger people just aren't. And I see that and it makes me very hesitant to go anywhere. Um, but, you know, you got to do what makes you feel comfortable. And, and like you said, as long as you're, you're, it seems like you're staying away from people when yeah, you are going out. Yeah. It's not deterring you from going out. It's just you're being cautious when you are out. Right. It's it's kind of like um, a very delicate line, I would say, mm -hmm. because if you're if you're single, the last thing you, I mean, unless you're a very extreme introvert, last thing you want to do is just be at home. You know, mm -hmm. you want to go out. You want to meet people or go out on a date, and you know, it is very complicated. I feel like. It's, it's a very interesting time uh no doubt most of, most of the time when you're i don't know i'm newly single as of last year i've never really been single before then but it just it's it it's like that's one of the questions you ask oh uh have you been tested for covid you know before mm -hmm. before it's like oh do you have any stds you know <laughs> like are now it's like do you have std like well, first of all are you married do you have stds are you have you ever tested positive for covid it's like you have to ask like all these questions now and then still oh you have to like feel comfortable and trust that they're telling you the truth you know it's very yeah. complicated the whole dating before thing. you decide to meet up before mm -hmm. you even mm -hmm. decide to take a chance on somebody and then of course you have i i don't mean to go off on like a dating tangent but like then you have the the yeah. men who are just like taking advantage of the situation you're like oh i don't feel comfortable going out why don't you just come to my house and we'll have a glass of wine and i'm like what that doesn't make me feel any at better nine, nine o'clock <laughs> at night i've never met you you're inviting me over to your house to have a glass of wine because you're scared of the pandemic how about i was more scared of you being a psycho killer yeah dude what the hell so are you finding are you like doing online dating or are you like how are you connecting with people uh mostly online dating the apps Cause that's how i don't know what it is you know i go to this one amazing coffee shop downtown fort lauderdale called wells coffee i go there every single day and there's some really hot guys in that cafe like definitely eligible guys who are not in relationships who are working like a lot of people go there and they just work their company remotely well, you and you, I bet, know the, the folks that are in there. Like, you've come become very familiar with who's yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can tell, um, like, there's definitely people who frequent it. Like like me, I like, go there almost every day. I do all my work remotely. And, you like, I, I just think people our age and younger, we just, um, 
we're too afraid to approach people. So dating has just become almost exclusively dating apps. It's like everyone's so scared to break the ice and go and take a in chance. In person. In person. I'm just yeah. like, so then I feel like I, as a woman, have to do that because I feel like guys are nervous about the rejection part. And I think it's a generational thing. Uh, but a lot of people are, are like that. They just keep to themselves and they just find somebody through the app. They think, oh, well, this is the only way it can be done now. Otherwise, I'm a weirdo for going and approaching somebody. So I don't know. It seems it's so bizarre, but it's not like it, it. And you as a newly single person not being in the game, if you will, for yeah. 15 plus years. How long were you with your ex-husband? <laughs> 17 years goodness for you not to have like been in the dating game for this long and then in the middle of a pandemic like to start yeah like I, I was I was I was never in the dating game I mean we met in high right. school I was 16 17 we went through college I didn't know anything different until you you know you get into your 30s and you're like hey um what was working when I was 16 is not working in my 30s it's not who I want to be anymore it's not like being with you is not what I want. Um, I want something different for my life. Yeah. I'm going, like we're going in different directions. We're going apart. We're not growing together. Um, you know, it just, it happens sometimes. Well, I think it's really courageous what you're doing and to acknowledge that. And you guys have oh, a yeah. son together. Oh yeah. And um, him and I are, we're, we're still friends. We're good. I mean, I recently just went with him to go look at apartments and I was helping him with his apartment. So he's going to be moving in the end of the month awesome. to a new, a beautiful new apartment. And um, we're still very much a part of our, each other's lives. He's invited to Christmas. It's just, and anybody that I become serious with in the future, they're going to have to understand, Hey, he's always going to be a part of our lives. Like he, he's been a part of my life like half of my life right 17 years your entire adult life at this point yeah tremendous absolutely. like um a, like i feel like i developed a lot with this person um like almost you know he's almost like a family member at this point so anybody i end up with long term will have to understand that and be secure with it right it's an interesting um, um terrain that you're living in right now especially with the covid thing and it's like yeah dating is already really challenging dating with a with a partner that you're like you know with with a i don't want to say baby daddy because that seems so informal but like you have like this partner who is like the father of your child he's going to be part of your life forever now you got to find the right person who like is secure in themselves to yeah and it's hard yeah. right now you can't meet anybody like there's so many different dating apps like it's hard to probably navigate that and like even see what that's like so i commend you i mean really truly it's it's hard what you're doing right now and you're oh they're most people are on all of them though. Like you start looking through them and you're like, didn't I already match with you on Bumble? Like, wow, really? Yeah, As someone called me out one time. I was like, hey, nice to meet you. I have this pickup line on Bumble because the women initiate on Bumble. I don't know if you're familiar with Bumble. I've, I've heard of it, but I'm not super like familiar, so tell me. Okay, so on Bumble, you know, you're, you're swiping through, kind of like Tinder, you're swiping through, seeing who you like, and it has their profile, but really, let's be honest, people are looking at the pictures before they're going into the profile anyway. So you're like, oh, am I attracted to you? That's number one, am I attracted to you? Number two is, okay, what's your profile? But I, you don't do that until you match with them. So you match with these people, 
And then, um, so you don't lose the connection, you'll have 24 hours to write them something, like once you match with them. So I'm like, oh my God. Like in the beginning, I was like, hi, how are you? Like basic bitch stuff. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What am I supposed to say? What are you supposed um, to say? So <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how I came up with this. So I just started saying, um, are you ready? And that's what I, I, so then people were like, what, what? Like the guys are like, what, ready, ready for what? Yeah, like, that's definitely so enticing. I, I would say it has like a 85 to 95% rate of return. <laughs> <laughs> what do people write back? <laughs> oh, okay. I've had the, the typical ready for what question mark. I've had, right. I've had the other like born ready. Yep. <laughs> and then occasionally you'll get the really like, you know, 10% of them will be nasty and be like, are you coming over my place or are you, ready? Oh, you know where their or, heads are or yeah. are, oh, are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> Cause you know, you know yeah. how guys can be. You um, know how guys can be. Oh uh, you gosh. have to shuffle through all of that. <laughs> yeah. You have to shuffle through it. But I've, I've had a guy like call me out one time where I forgot, I completely forgot about him because on these dating apps, you're just going through so many people. You don't even know. Some people don't mm -hmm. respond to you. But I had a conversation with this one guy on, a, on one app. And then on the other app, I matched with him again. I didn't even realize I was the same guy. And um, I was like, yeah, it's nice to meet you. He's like, do you realize we've met before? I'm like, oh, did we? Not really, but like kind of. Did we though? He's wow. Like, he's like, yeah, we matched on Tinder. And I'm like, okay, well, it didn't work then, so I'm assuming it's not going to work now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I guess it makes sense. There are only so many eligible bachelors in a certain given radius. I'm sure you're only looking in the like Broward County area, maybe into Miami, but like, yeah, it's only so many people that you can match with. Oh, Very but like, I, I wish I could just like zone in on one particular area and that would be delray beach because is that where good guys live all the hot financial men live in delray just that's a tip that's a is tip. that right you got to go hang out in delray you guys so i'm learning that's, okay that's where it's at yeah no there's a lot of there's like a scene there i mean you get like the older crowd in delray but then there's also the younger crowd on atlantic avenue so so tell me more i mean you are basically starting out a new career what were you doing before this? Just design work, like freelance, essentially? You had your own company? Yeah, um, I've worked for several different companies. Um, I've done freelance work. I, I have been creative director at a few fashion and beauty companies. Mm. Uh, I worked very, very briefly as the director of marketing at a yacht company down in Miami. So I was doing that for some time, um, but now, I am focusing on real estate and um, also I just started or I'm about to start a design management position at this company that handles the fulfillment um, for a few brands on Amazon, like major companies on Amazon, like L'Oreal. That's they huge. handle all of the uh, the fulfillment for them. So I'm going to be their new design manager. It's kind of a big deal. That's huge. How do you have time in the day? That's crazy. I know. I literally, it's all about time management. That's probably a, a hack. What I do is I wake up early in the morning. Uh, and the first thing I do is I make a list of everything I want to accomplish for the day and also for the week. 
Um, and this year, I just, after last year, you know, everybody talks about 2020 like it was a shit show and I get it, but I think it was a bigger loss if people don't see what the takeaway was. And I thought that last year was a big opportunity for personal growth. I felt myself transforming and growing as a person. And so, you know, I get the joke like, hey, oh my God, yeah, 2021 is going to be so much better. 2020 was terrible. This is bad. But, but I think if, if people didn't have that takeaway of like self-improvement and, and, and had like that was a chance for people to look inward and, and find what makes them happy and um, like new ways of self-improvement through educational courses or reconnecting with friends or, or just you know trying new things like I took up guitar like I, I'm taking guitar lessons now that's awesome um, yeah. mixology uh, all all these new things and I just think it's it's almost like you you didn't you didn't get the lesson you know yeah, if if yeah. you didn't see it um because that was a huge opportunity not just stay home and and get really upset and depressed but just to take control of your life and learn something new challenge yourself you still can challenge yourself no one's telling you you can't the only boundaries you're putting on yourself is like you you're putting the boundaries on nobody else's like yeah you can't go out like there was a few months where you couldn't go out and get like drinks and food but no one's telling you you can't cook and learn how to cook or take a class online and yeah make something fantastic like a delicious filet mignon you know no one told you you couldn't do it you can do it so you can. I, I just think a lot of people they looked at the the bad part of covid and they just watched the news and they didn't see what the good part was yeah there's so much it was so much and like it was obviously life changing for so many people and so many people lost their jobs and you know oh i know i mean it's it's a whole industries i mean what i used to work in food and beverage hospitality management like yeah i yeah. mean my whole industry is gone right now i was in live events that's what i sold and like they're just gone every single event back in March canceled through the rest of the year and into this year and into the next year and so for like a lot of people it's been a very devastating year but like you said if you like there's always a silver lining and I'm maybe an opportunistic kind of person and I want to think optimistically like no matter what but there's always something good that can come out of a situation and yeah, it was like really challenging. Like a lot of things changed and you kind of had to like go with it and go with the flow. And like each day it got easier and it got better. Yeah. And some days were harder than others. And it was just like ebb and flow, this roller coaster that we all went through. And, you know, at the end of it, when you can look back at the end of this year, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, had a, had a good cocktail on New Year's Eve yeah. and you're like, God damn, we fucking made it. Like hopefully what people can come out of this year with is a sense of themselves more than anything i mean if you couldn't if anything you got to know yourself a lot this year no doubt about it getting back to what i was saying about lists i've recently found that the key to accomplish things is through lists so i'll make lists on um, apple notes uh like a little checklist and i'll click off every time i i accomplish something like i do something uh, one of my friends, Christina, she was telling me for the new year that this is really great. 
make a list of 10 things that you want and 10 things that you don't want. Yeah. We're both really great. Um, like we both believe in the idea of the secret, you know, the law of attraction. And normally they say, Hey, don't, don't think about what you don't want because you'll manifest it. You know, the whole idea of manifesting things. Um, but I think that's really important to write down and just forget about later, like your don'ts. Like write down the 10 things you definitely want and just keep them in your mind. Keep them in your mind, keep looking at them. But the, the things that you don't want, write them down. Like really, really what you don't want in life. Oh, like I don't want to procrastinate. I don't want to be late. Okay, write it down, put it in the corner, forget about it, don't think about it. But at least you're writing, you're putting it out there in the universe of the things that you just, dislike and want to improve right because you're not going to improve it unless you don't notice it absolutely i mean the first step is acknowledging it right so like for me i literally look at this i kid you not i have this written down all over my office stop overthinking it yes that is like my mantra for this at least beginning of the new year like stop overthinking it i over i'm like i mean i'm sure i'm not alone in this I overthink everything and it's so easy to just like stop and hold yourself you had kind of touched on it before when you said that um like we're almost we're our own worst enemy like yeah we i'm putting myself in these boundaries in this little box for what reason like the person and the people who's like who are holding me back are in my head they're not real people and they're not, they're not really like part of my life. So what am I doing? Like, it's just, it's, it's not healthy. And uh, in order for me to move on and move past and grow and be better, I need to let them go. And the first step is acknowledging it. So the fact is, you know, whether or not you manifest it or not, like you write it down, you, you acknowledge it, it's there. What you do with it is now your choice. So what are some of the things that you're not wanting to bring with you into the new year? I'm sure you can um, relate to this. When you have a child, things that before would take 15 minutes to do, all of a sudden takes an hour to do. <laughs> and I, I'm always trying to cram so much into my time that, yeah, like very often I, I would be late to things but then you mix in a child and you're even more late to things yeah <laughs> um so my mantra uh, one of the things that i okay one of the things i didn't want to have happen this year is be late to things oh, yeah, i just no. don't want to i don't want to be late i was late to this podcast but because the drink did not work out it's it, it worked <laughs> out because i was doing some other work so it's all good <laughs> So I broke it the first time this year, really. <laughs> I was going to say, we have nowhere to go, really. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'll just blame the absinthe. It was, I mean, I made it properly. I just couldn't do this. I couldn't actually dive into this podcast without having a real drink. That drink. No, man, listen, I tell you what, like just uh, acknowledging it and knowing like, you know, going forward that these are traits of yourself or things or patterns or habits, whatever that you like don't want to bring into the new year like acknowledging it is yeah. the first step i love it i loved that actually i wrote down my own things when you posted that yay i did yes i did and overthinking was like one of my big things and stop doubting myself like self-doubt is like so awful the only thing i will say about the concept of overthinking mm. two things about that one i think we have uh 
Miss Johnson and Miss Gold to thank for that mm -hmm. because it made us like overthink <laughs> everything, you know, like English classes, English lit and yeah, it just makes us overthink everything. Everything. Like, Is that what they meant? That because that, <laughs> I, I really think that's where it started, where I started to go downhill and I overanalyzed oh life like it's literature. And it's And not. it's not. It's not. I remember like sitting in those classes and being like, is that what I was supposed to be thinking they were thinking? There's no way, no way, so. Oh, yes. And, okay, so that's the first that's thing. That's really funny. The second, the second thing is, um, this is the only thing I'm gonna say about it, um, about the overthinking thing. Sometimes we just have instinct, like we just have intuition on things and we overthink it because we already know. We already know. Mm -hmm. um, so I can understand where you can overthink about certain things, but sometimes you just you just already know that you you are right or you have an inclination that something is a certain way, and you're trying to prove it with a fact. That's why you're overthinking it. Um, so I guess that you're just gonna have to figure out how to balance it and step away from it. But most of the time, that would that I would say that's intuition. You already know. Well, that's that's a great point. I mean, the fact is, you have an intuition, you have a gut feeling for a reason. You know, usually they're all, it's always right. It's usually it's always, right. I'm sorry. It's all. It's usually it's usually right. Yeah. The overthinking yeah. I'm doing is more like petty and um, inconsequential. It's when I'm posting something on social media and I'm like, oh, but what if this person doesn't like it, or what if they, somebody thinks this? It's like, who fucking cares? Oh, oh, you just tapped into something very interesting. I'm actually on a, a three month um, break from Instagram. That's right. You were saying this, but you are not going on Instagram because I still see you on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I don't have an issue with Facebook. It's just Instagram specifically. Tell me more. Um, and it's interesting that you, you said this, you said what you said about Instagram. Uh, I just, sometimes I found I would be posting things, not necessarily for me, you know, I was posting things to get attention or posting things based on what I thought other people wanted to see or expected of me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not the right way to go about it. And I, I think it's, it's literally a social dilemma uh, where it's drugs. It's like, it's literally drugs. Um, you see the likes coming in and you want to keep posting, but it's, it's not authentic. It's, it's all fake. First of all, th what people are showing is not their real life. Like, you know, they live at home with their parents. They're not actually going to Saint Tropez. Uh, it's, it's all completely artificial. It, it lost its genuine touch. Like I think in the beginning it was supposed to be genuine, you know, now it's just not that at all. It's all this like influencer crap. Everyone wants to be an influencer. Everybody thinks they're an influencer. They're not. They're. It's just. It's not. It's not genuine. And I'm. I find that I am a genuine person, and I was posting things to kind of get a. I would. I know it doesn't sound great, but to get attention or get reactions or or post what I thought was expect. Like I said, what was expected of mm -hmm. me, and. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was actually a, wasn't there something created like some show or movie about this, about the social dilemma? Yes. About how yes. you're posting things 
your brain um, creates this chemical reaction called dopamine and it keeps you addicted to it and you keep trying to reach that high, you keep trying to reach that high. And I've never had an addictive personality and somehow I found myself just like questioning myself, should I post this, should I not post it? What am I doing? Oh my God, I gotta post today, I gotta post today. Oh, did he like it? Did he see the video? Ooh, I really like this guy, did he see it? Mm-hmm. It's obsessive. I, I don't want to know if somebody watched my video, but they they do it on purpose. It's it's to keep you engaged, no doubt. Engaged and using the app, and it feeds your your chemical, you know, the chemicals in your brain to keep wanting more of it. And I saw it as a problem. Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, let's see what happens. Let me go three months off off the app. I went in, I disabled the app. Probably there's like all these guys that I was talking to or they were like watching my, that's the thing. When you're dating, all these guys are watching your stories, watching mm. your stories. And I'm like, why doesn't this guy actually say hi? Why is he watching my stuff every day? It's so weird. Isn't that funny? Um, they're just so intimidated to like actually like be the one to make their first move. I it don't seems know so what it is. There's actually, there's actually a term for it. It's called helicoptering. I've heard of helicopter parenting, but I don't know about that no. in dating. So tell me more about dating. that in dating. Okay. With all these apps, there's just like um like a plethora. There's like so many options. Like nobody wants to commit. It's like a vetting machine. These apps are vetting machines. Oh, who am I gonna go on a date with this week? Who am I gonna hook up with this week? That's how some people are looking at it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, whatever. I don't want anything serious. But they don't tell you that, okay? So you go on a few dates, you're like, oh wow, I think things are going really well and then you don't hear from them anymore randomly but they watch every single story and well, I you can to... see who sees all these right you oh can see. yeah yeah right. like, I would be like, like like look why is he watching my story yeah yeah like every single time I post looking at my story and then some there's some guys that like will see it immediately like deliberately go and like look at it immediately and just be <laughs> they got the notifications it. on you <laughs> yeah and some people some people will reach out but other people will just sit on it for a few months and i have i had that happen with one guy in particular like i didn't know what had happened why we stopped seeing each other like randomly he would watch my story every single day every day and i'm like what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Reach, why aren't you reaching out? Like you, yeah. you have my phone number, we talk on text. Why aren't you reaching out? And it's just like their way of kind of like staying in tune or staying in in your life without actually being a part of your life. Like they wanna see what's going on to see if they made the right decision of not seeing you anymore and to see if you're still available, to see if maybe if things don't work out with somebody that they're dating right now, maybe I'll come see you again. Maybe I'll like reach out again. It seems you know? like you want your cake and eat it too. Like that just it's me. Like it's very much like genuine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, you don't really realize who's in your life until you disable social media. So probably these guys thought I just blocked them, right? Like, Oh, why can't I see Rachel anymore? I just disable my account so they can't uh... have access. I don't want to get DMS because if you just delete the app, it's not the same. 
you have to go in and disable your account. And so you can't get messages. You, nobody can see your posts. Will, like it, you don't exist. will it be like a backlog when you log back in that shows like what you missed sort of thing? Or is it Oh like... no, there's no missed because it's like I'm not in existence right now at this so, period. So, but when you want to go back on, it'll still, your account oh, is yeah. still there. Yeah. Everything it's just you'll will be have... there. So technically I would say it's like no miss. Like your account is exactly the same, but nobody was able to message you. It's mm -hmm. your, your username literally disappeared. Gone. Oh, interesting. Just disappeared. Well, you touched on it. It's like the fact is after this year, you learned who was important in your life and who thought you were important in their life. It's just clear as day out of- Yeah, so if these guys didn't reach, if they don't reach out in a text message to you or they don't call or make plans with you, they're not in your life, they're just- Yeah, okay, so that's the helicopter term. They're hovering. They're, they're hovering, they're not genuine. They're not real people in your life. They're not your family, they're not your friends. And it puts it in perspective. And um, I, I think everybody should take a break from social media like if you're addicted if you post every day on twitter yeah. just take a break if you post every day on instagram take a, at least 30 days just try 30 days and just see what you can accomplish what can you accomplish in 30 days what can you accomplish in 60 how about 90 uh, you know what i did i got my my real estate license in 30 days yeah. 30 days i got it and I, it's just, I feel like my brain is, is wired back to the way it used to be. Like, I'm just, I'm even kind of wondering, do I want to go back at this point? You've had a hell of a year. You've had a hell of, hell, when did you guys end up splitting up? I don't, I we, don't offic we officially split up last January. So it's been a full year. So right before COVID. Oh yeah. I had about like a month or two. I went to Israel on birth rate trip. Did you? Yeah, I got to go. They extended it until 32. Like the last time you can go is age 32. I was like, okay, here's my eat, pray, love moment right now. Let me go on the birthright trip. Oh my God, I got chills. That's amazing. Yeah, that so been incredible. It was. And then I came back and I, I was single for like a month and then COVID hit. No, like, it, but it's crazy. You're like living in, uh, in interesting times, like the whole world to like be going through this as a single woman. It's very interesting. It must be very challenging. And I'm glad that you like reached out. Honestly, I really am that you reached out to say hello and see what I've been up to. I know that we've kind of like connected like here and there yeah. on Facebook. Um, but I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk tonight. It's been a while and uh Yeah, let's let's keep in touch for sure. And one of the things on my list, because I made a whole list of goals for this year, I made like 30 something goals. One of the things is like, I want to do some sort of blog about dating or maybe, or maybe short stories or a book or something. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know a lot about it. So do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I used to watch the show Sex in the City and just be like, what's, what kind of stories? These are these are fake stories. This can't be real. But you don't know it until you get into it. Oh my gosh, people are really strange. <laughs> really strange. You gotta write this shit down. <laughs> I got stories for days. Oh I can't. God. Well, and the fact is you're living in like unprecedented times as a single woman. It's like- No, oh my it. gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's insane. Well, you just stay safe and uh, be well, but seriously, it was so great talking to you and really, yeah. you know, enjoyable. I want to hear more about your cocktail adventures. So keep in touch with that.
I mean, let's like end it on a positive note. I've been doing a lot of research on like the Great Depression and um, the 1920s and, you know, after the Spanish flu, it was like 1918 or whatever, that there was this terrible pandemic then in the 1920s. And that was when, you know, the great, you know, the roaring 20s were going on and people were having a freaking ball, having a great time. And I hope that's hopefully what we are going through as a society in the next few years. So, you know, after this like really terrible time in our history, uh, after all the protests and all the different like, you know, civil unrest and whatnot going on in the world, I hope that in the next like year or two, we can come back and like, it'll be again, the roaring 20s because that's, that's exciting to me. Um, And I think that, you know, I know a lot of really good people and likewise with you, I'm sure you know a lot of good people. There are more good people in this world than there are bad. And um, I'm very hopeful for our future. We'll put it that way. I'm very hopeful for our future. I think I'm pretty sure about this. You know how when our grandparents or older people would talk about the times during the Great Depression or when they were younger and how how great everything was, but you know it was the Great Depression, so like how good could it be? Right. And they kind of romanticize it, right? Mm -hmm. And as it was happening last year, 2020, the only thing I can think of was um, the same thing. Like that is gonna be our romanticized time period. How are we going to think about that time later on? because right now we're living through it and it's so horrible this and that but when we look back on it how are we going to see it i know that i'm going to see it as a year of complete transformation and i think i'm going to romanticize it to be honest absolutely so much happened in that year i love that that is so so true it was our year it was a really hard year and the fact that we're still living through it it can be very challenging it still is we're in the thick of it still right we're not out of it but I hope looking back, we can romanticize it. I love that. <laughs> really. Like, the, like this is the time when we got back with our family members, got really close with our family, right? There's there's different ways you can look at it. Everyone's gonna have their takeaway. No doubt. Well, and that's just it. Everyone's gone through something this year, no doubt about it. Everyone's been affected in some way. It's just um, a lot of people don't have an opportunity to like, you know, share their story. And hopefully with the podcast, I'm able to really shine the spotlight on different people's perspectives. So I appreciate really you coming on and talking to us today. This yeah. was wonderful. It was so great to see you, Rachel, and like catch up and everything. Yes. Really was. Let's challenge each other and we'll do drinks. We'll do uh, cocktail drinks. Yeah, dude. I want to hear about all the drinks you're making. So send pictures as you're making them. I will. And, um, and definitely keep in touch. But it was great chatting with you tonight, for real. Yeah, likewise. Can't wait to do it again. I hope so, too. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. Bye. Bye. The Ketchup Time podcast is an original podcast produced and recorded in Orlando, Florida. Remember to subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast to get notified each week when new episodes are posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at ketchup underscore time. Thanks again for listening to the Ketchup Time Podcast.